Hey everybody, I'm Liz Nord, and you're listening to the No Film School Podcast. The reigning families of modern American movies are household names. The Coppolas, the Gyllenhaals, the Afflecks. But what about the Kaufmans? Haven't heard of them? Well, if you're a filmmaker, they have very likely affected your life. If you've rented a camera online in the past couple years, if your production ever benefited from a New York State tax incentive, if you're one of the millions who made Guardians of the Galaxy one of the most popular movies ever, you've been touched by a Kaufman. I call them the first family of DIY, and they are my guests on today's episode that is jam-packed full of movie industry advice. So who exactly are they? Dad is Lloyd Kaufman, creator of The Toxic Avenger and King of B-Movies, whose independent studio Troma Entertainment has produced and distributed more than a thousand films and launched the careers of big directors like Guardian of the Galaxy's James Gunn, who wrote the company's cult classic Tromeo and Juliet back in 1996. Mom is Pat Swinney Kaufman, who was the deputy film commissioner for New York State for 20 years, where she built the state's tax credit program for movie productions and was called one of the most powerful women in the U.S. film industry by Variety magazine. And if that weren't enough, their daughter is Lisbeth Kaufman, co-founder of KitSplit, which is now the biggest online camera rental company. As a child, Lisbeth and her siblings acted in several of Troma's campiest movies, and her roles included the influential Toxic Child in Toxic Avenger Part 2. Between the three of them, there's a veritable treasure trove of industry gold and a clear admiration for each other. Not surprisingly, our conversation takes a winding path complete with several dad jokes and political interjections thanks to Lloyd. And I think you'll all learn something from their advice on how to go with your gut, buck convention, and make your own damn movie. Well, welcome everybody. I'm so excited that you're here. <laughs> um, we could do a whole episode with each of you. Um, so I'm sort of eager to see how, how one will go. And I would love to start by having the audience familiarize themselves with your voices. So if you could just say your names to start, it would be great. So this is Lizbeth Kaufman. Hi, I'm Pat Swinney Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman. Hi, everybody. You all sound great. Yay. Um, <laughs> so I want to mix things up a little bit in terms of just your, your bio type intros. I would like, since you are a family, want to try to have Lizbeth introduce Lloyd's career and contributions. And then Lloyd, tell us what Pat has done in the industry, and then Pat can tell us about what Lisbeth is doing now. Okay. So you want to start Ooh, introducing Dad? Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so my dad, Lloyd Kaufman, is the president and uh, president of Troma Entertainment, creator of The Toxic Avenger, as well as director, producer, writer, actor of many other amazing films, uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man, Tromeo and Juliet, Poultry Geist, and so on. Uh yeah. Is that good for now? How did she do? I think that was uh, far beyond my pay scale. It made me sound much too good. So in return, let me introduce the New York State Film Commissioner, uh, retired uh, after 20 years, Ms. Pat Swinney Kaufman, appointed by both Republican and Democratic governors uh, and uh, is responsible for the fact that uh, every stage in New York is full. Studios are being built and... Uh, the um, film industry and television industry in New York and New York State is uh, booming, all thanks to Pat Swinney Kaufman, uh, 
who has been married to uh, Lloyd Swinney Kaufman for <laughs> 44 years and deserves combat pay for everything. There's so many accomplishments there, although I do think that getting appointed by both Republicans and Democrats may be the biggest accomplishment among us all. In this day and age, for sure. You said it. So, Pat, what about this lovely lady to your right? Before I speak of this lovely lady to my right, let me add that Lloyd, in addition to what has already been described, has also had leadership uh, in the... Uh, independent IFTA, Independent Film and Television Alliance, which is like the MPAA for independent film across the country. And he's been an avid lobbyist uh, in Washington on the issue of net neutrality. So he's got many, many important hats that he wears. So the young lady to my right uh, is Elizabeth Kaufman, who is our beloved, brilliant middle child. Um, Your favorite middle child? My favorite middle (laughs) child. And uh, she has um, had a great career in in a range of of fields and endeavors. But most importantly, all of this has now led to her being the co-founder and CEO of Kit Split. Um, Lisbeth was immersed in film all of her life. She started showing up in movies when she was nine months old. Uh, and continued to have parts in various trauma films and has really absorbed and learned and been steeped in filmmaking her entire life and has come up with a brilliant concept, Kit Split, which I think we will let Lisbeth actually explain because she'll explain it better than anybody, but it's a really wonderful concept and it's going to make a big difference for the independent film world, not just in New York, but all over the country. Well, thank you. That is quite an introduction. Good job, Mom. (laughs) Totally unbiased. I have a lot of questions for everyone, but per your mom's suggestion, why don't you quickly just tell us what KidSplit is? Sure. So KidSplit is a community of filmmakers and production companies renting camera equipment to and from each other. Uh, So we've been called, like Forbes and Fast Company have called us the Airbnb of cameras, sort of an easy way to understand it. Um, But we make it really easy and safe for filmmakers and content creators to rent gear from other people and company in their community. Um, And then if they own gear, they can rent it out when they're not using it so they can make make money off of it. Um, And we provide insurance, um, very affordable, and delivery. So we make it super easy. And you can basically get gear on demand for a fraction of the cost. It's a great service. So, you know, as we get Blue Apron food, we get it delivered. I don't know if you ever heard of Blue Apron, this wonderful delivery of gourmet food. So kids kids split, uh, send the camera in a, like, Blue Apron, you get it. uh, Mm Mm-hmm. We is do it, local delivery. Yeah. So is you it can, also frozen? Do they put a. a it is not frozen, fresh, but like, that is a good, you know, oh, we'll, we'll keep that in mind. Good. That's frozen very cameras are fresh, an interesting. Yeah. Fresh and I don't yeah. recommend that, that people eat anything that arrives yeah. from kids. <laughs> that's our legal disclaimer here on the podcast. Good point. Yeah. Yes. Thank, good, you. thank you. Thank you, Liz. That's why uh, no no film school is uh, the best film school. Well, it's a value. We have this value I provide. The children at NYU Film School, they pay 80000 a year to. They, they eat the film. They don't know you're not supposed to eat the no, film. No, they sit there. They <laughs> shove their not faces for cameras. But that's NYU uh, because... Right. Lisbeth, them. They don't know better. Lisbeth, so sad. They only have 80000 a year. All right. Lisbeth uh, earned her, her MBA at uh, at Stern Business School, which is part of NYU. So, But not school? the film school. But not no, the, not film, the school. film school. But my co-founders were uh, did a graduate program at Tisch. Um, nice. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> no, we're not supposed to talk about that. But it, wasn't, it also was not film school. But tish, tish. they're also very smart and cool. 
Steve so, Tisch worked on Cry Uncle. Oh. John G. Avelson movie available on Troma's uh, movie channel. It occurs to me that if I were to choose one person in the world to be like my trivia teammate, I, I would probably choose you, Lloyd. Oh, <laughs> Especially thank you. if movies thank you. were uh, on the table. He oh, has yeah. an amazing memory. I, I, you really do. And plus, you I myself, and I'm kind of trivia myself, aren't I? I'm sort of a footnote in film history. Oh, <laughs> come on. No. Well, after this podcast, yeah, the yeah. world known. <laughs> That's right. Thanks to Liz. True. Anyhow, so <laughs> we we don't always do personal history uh, on the show, but just for a, a, we have to ask, kind of, what was it like in the Kaufman household when you were growing up, Elizabeth? How many film productions were going on at once? How did you all contribute and get involved? Yeah, I mean, I get I get asked that all the time, and I feel like I'm always disappointing people when I say that it it was I had a pretty normal childhood thanks to my pretty much thanks to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my mom was uh, definitely made sure that we got our homework done and that we you know went to bed on time. Um, but at the same time, it was very different. You know, my childhood was very different from probably other other kids that I was growing up with um, I mean literally you guys mentioned it but when I before I was one years old I was like cast in Troma's War as uh, a role co- that was called the Jingoistic Baby I believe that's it yes Troma's <laughs> yes. War it Jing- just played at the Nighthawk yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you got a big round of applause oh of course <laughs> my baby performance well when you were crying they loved it <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth gets kidnapped by these terrorists with masks and uh, very scary, and uh, yeah. she did not appreciate it. Yeah, I've been kidnapped. I was cast as a mutant child. I was cast as a zombie child. So typecast, um, basically. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. But you were directed by Mr. James Gunn, who went on in Tromeo right. and Juliet, who went on to do uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. I don't know how that did, but uh, at least <laughs> another movie. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. It really was an amazing childhood uh and it still is continues to be amazing to have such incredible parents they i mean you know just being on set with my dad and getting to learn about how films are made and the passion that he and his crew and cast were putting are putting into their films just i i feel like i learned so much from that um and then my mom who was She's built the tax credit program that have financed hundreds of billions of dollars of film over the, the years in new york um, and my mom is just like, she, I, I, she is like the ultimate role model. She has taught me everything. And and on top of that, she climbed the Matterhorn. She's a mountain climber. <laughs> like, I can't, I still can't even believe it. Should you ever go to Zermatt with me, you will hear me say that repeatedly, endlessly. You <laughs> deserve to the say Matterhorn. it. <laughs> yeah. Major accomplishment. Uh, yeah. Especially uh, the, uh, you know, people die on the Matterhorn every every year. You climbed the Eiger and the Jungfrau and all the other Alps. Yeah. Some of the other Alps, yes. Well, most of the big ones. Yes. You know, in thinking about you coming here, I thought, this is the first family of DIY. You know, this is the totally. first family of independent film. And I'm I'm wondering what that kind of means to you. What does the do-it-yourself ethos mean? How does it play into what you've done in the industry? Yeah, I mean, Daddy, you've written books on this. You. Well, I went to, uh, I made the mistake of going to Yale University. I got room with a, ro- a movie nut, and uh, the film society, which he ran, had a big stack of Cahiers de Cinema uh, magazines in French, and I speak French, and the uh, that is the magazine of the French Cinematheque. 
and they propounded the auteur theory of filmmaking, which says the the film the director should be 100% in control and the film should express his, her, or its heart and soul. I bought into that and stupidly decided to stay in New York and be in the underground and just didn't matter. Just make the film. Make your own damn movie. Uh, make your own damn movie. And luckily the commissioner permitted me to do that for uh, many years and, um, and uh, also was a big... I think the 20 years that the commissioner gave to New York State was very nice for students because the other commissioners very often don't talk to the students and don't talk to the uh, the traumas of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, my, Pat Swinney Kaufman was as nice to the NYU or the make, do your own damn make your own damn movie student as she was to uh, to um, um, Spider Man. I mean, I think one of the great things about having our lives and careers be in New York and raising Elizabeth and her two sisters in New York was that we were just completely immersed in the independent film world of New York. I mean, my work, I worked with the big studios, the big television productions, the big films, but I also very much worked with all the independents, as Lloyd has very generously said, because I really did view um, New York as the independent film capital of the world and have always been amazed at the opportunity that I think exists in New York uniquely. And I think that one of the great things about what Lisbeth now does is that it fits so perfectly uh, in that universe. It really is going to make it even um, you know, more convenient and even easier for the, the independent filmmaker, young or old, um, to find his or her way, get the equipment that he or she needs, um, and and do the budget that, well, that well, Kick they Split want. is perfect for this new age of, of micro budget. Everyone can make a movie. It, the making of cinema has been democratized. It's terrific. Uh, you, you can make a film for virtually no money, and it can be great. Uh, we're producing a couple of films now with new young directors. One uh, Heidi Moore in Indiana, and one uh, a guy in Portugal, um, Fernando uh, Fernando whatever his name is, who made. Uh, <laughs> Banana Mother Effers, a very funny trauma movie. And uh, look at the, it's uh, everyone can make a movie. You don't need Rupert Murdoch. You don't need Summer Meyerson. You can do it yourself. It's and terrific. My, my dad has also written a series of books called Make Your Own Damn Movie, which now we all say as a, right. as a normal you phrase. Say in our, like, make, make your, your own, own damn, damn movie. movie. Make yeah. your own damn movie. Um, Sell your own damn movie. But you're a big proponent of the idea that you know you don't you don't have to go to film school you don't need a big hollywood budget if you've got an idea a vision and passion and dedication that you can make an amazing project but um, i think it's and, great that kitsplit is bringing in all the you creating uh, vr events and yeah. and uh, you're you're creating kind of a, a madame de sevigny salon in addition to kitsplit being a great uh, peer to peer gear uh, uh, um, center you, you've got this social thing, which is terrific. It's very yeah, uh, intellectual. And we've been very inspired by your ma- idea of make your own damn movie to enable people to make their own damn movies. Right. Well, that's what um, I was going to say. Yeah. So you, you need more than an idea and passion, right? So you need gear for one. Yeah. So how does Kip Split kind of play into that? Yeah, exactly. Like we believe that, you know, we want to make it as easy as possible for the filmmaker, the auteur to concentrate on their vision and not have to deal with the hassle of the gear logistics. Um, And so we want to make it as easy as possible for them to get gear that they need. 
Um, and then for folks who are on a tight budget, you know, they can find amazing deals on KidSplit. Um, and like you guys were all saying, the the community around KidSplit. Like you're not just renting from a company, you're renting from another filmmaker or another, you know, small production company that's in your neighborhood. And we hear these amazing stories where filmmakers rent to and from each other and then end up becoming friends and collaborators and doing projects together. And that's like... The, that's what we want to hear. That's like the dream come true for us. I, mean, I think one of the coolest things about Kit Split is what you just touched on, which is this community that you've built uh, and are continued to build. Um, you know, I'm always saying that New York is, you know, such a thriving independent film capital, and that if you come here, there's a community of filmmakers. But it's not if you, especially if you're not in film school, so that you have entree to a bunch of the filmmakers that are here. Um, Kit Split now has actually. Actually provided the forum that enables these these um, filmmakers to find each other, uh, whether it be just because of finding each other for equipment. But I I would imagine as time goes on, you may already know great stories about this. But I would imagine already and and more so in the future that filmmakers are going to be finding each other and they're going to start building crews based on the people that they're meeting through the KitSplit community. And, and you have all these events, right? At yeah. least once a month yeah. you have networking and affiliation events. And I am just sure that there are, you know, great uh, collaborations that are growing out yeah, of that. I was there yeah, one night. They had some guy, James George or something, and he was showing <laughs> VR. And it was really interesting. VR, uh, right? We know nothing about VR. Well, I'm, I'm 71 years old. And then we made a VR movie with the Toxic Avenger because we went to KidSplit and we saw this presentation of what VR is. Now there's a 20-minute Toxic Avenger movie uh, uh, in VR. And you can rent Troma's VR camera uh, f- directly from Troma on KidSplit. How That's cool. the kind of fun stuff, yeah. And full disclosure, James George is a good friend of No Film School and of the Kaufman family. Yeah. <laughs> he oh, happens to be my I boyfriend. <laughs> I had no idea. What a coincidence. See, yeah. 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 Just I, met <laughs> I met James George through kids. Troma had that phenomenon before, you know, when we, even though it was 35 millimeter, we still, not, I don't think any of the people really were rich film school people. Uh, James Gunn, who worked uh, uh, Tromeo and Juliet, he, he wrote it. Um, he met all his best friends on Tromeo and Juliet, and they're still working together through Troma. They're still working together. And uh, um, we have marriages out of out of Toxic Avenger. Uh, and uh, just this weekend, uh, Troma premiered its latest film, Return to Return to Newcomb High, aka Volume Two, is the title. And the two of the leads. Where was in, it? Oh yeah, it premiered at the Museum of Moving Image, which oh, was how yeah, cool. it was amazing. Yeah. Such Queens. a cool. Mm-hmm. They had a whole Newcomb High day. Um, and the two of the leads in the film met on set and got married and are now. Obviously married and collaborators, and it's, it's and they're going to have a jingoistic baby. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I think political, probably social justice warrior baby is more oh, appropriate today. Yeah. Well, these days you don't want any of these microaggressions. So I'm feeling this theme now of sort of the things you need to make your own damn movie. We've talked about you know there's more accessibility to gear now. We've talked about community. I'm curious, Pat. I think the your world that that you have come from now is a little daunting to new filmmakers. What are some tips you have, you know, in terms of making your own damn movie when it comes to applying for those licenses and doing the kind of like um, paperwork stuff that feels a little scary? I think that uh, I would really advise filmmakers not to be hesitant to call their local film commission. 
I mean, I ran the State Film Commission, so I was interested in helping people get their projects done all over the state. Um, but you know, and but it really makes sense to call the your your film commission the state com- commission. Obviously, is a good start um, because whatever your project may be, who knows? There may be all kinds of regions within a state, not just New York, but there may be all kinds of regions that might be perfect for your project, or you might be able to get more help from uh, the local community, and uh, so. Always, I would say to the filmmakers, your first call is go ahead, call the the state or the city film commission and ask for their help and support and guidance. And if it's a good commission, it's going to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, and there are good commissions all over the, the country. I used to be president of the Association of Film Commissioners International, which is the, the professional organization for film commissions around the world. Um, and I will tell you that there are just so many really good offices around the country. Naturally, I prefer New York, but there are so many good offices around the country, and there are people that really do want to help uh, the up-and-coming young independent filmmakers find their way and get the locations they need. And, and you know, most of these offices do want to help uh, uh, with uh, the challenges of the paperwork and that sort of thing. Now, my good friend made a movie for well under $50,000 and he, he got money back from New York State. What, what is this incentive I keep hearing about? Can you tell us if you, if you know? Yes. What is the incentive? <laughs> Having written most of that legislation. Uh, yeah, it, the way the New York State incentive works, uh, a production, uh, especially a low-budget production, would have to agree to film something like 75% of the film in New York, and they'd have to agree to do one day of filming on one of the state's um, approved stages, uh, a qu- uh, what's called a qualified stage. And by the way, if you go to the New York State Film Commission's website, you know all of this is explained. And if you do that, and you feel like it is, there is extensive paperwork, but there are people there who are ready and willing to help you walk your way through it. it I mean, you do have to do some calculus. That one day on the stage. Are you going to make enough money from the incentive? Is your budget such that you'll make enough money from the incentive to pay for that one day on the stage? But, uh, for example, this your friend who did the film for like $50,000 was very good at getting people to donate to him. He, he got a lot of, um, uh, and he got the stage at a really good price because uh, they believed in him and they helped him. So he really was able to do his film um, all in New York. He did shoot one day on a stage, and a qualified stage, and as a result, he got back 30% of his below-the-line costs um, in the form of a refundable tax credit. So he gets it back. They write a check to him for 30% of his below-the-line expenditures. And if you want a tip from the commissioner, um, northern New York... Western Northern New York State around Buffalo has a terrific film commissioner. We've made about eight movies there, and they actually treat you really well. Uh, the commissioner yeah, yeah. is terrific. Yeah, and toxic. There's some real. <laughs> there's some real treasures um, in Western New York, Buffalo in particular, but also yeah. Rochester and Syracuse. And by the way, the people in Albany are great. The people in Hudson are, are great. And where can someone go to find out about film incentives in their areas? Uh, they should go to the State Film Commission. Okay. That's That would be the, absolutely the first stop, the first call, the first website to check. If you just want to get an overview of what the incentives are like all over the country, mm-hmm. then there are several companies that put up 
comprehensive websites that that syst- list in a systematic way what the incentives are in the various states and in a format that actually makes it quite possible to compare apples to oranges to bananas. Um, one of the best of that would be uh, Entertainment Partners, EP. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, they have a great website. So I would say uh, go to EP, Entertainment Partners website, and they update it almost on a daily basis. Association of Film Commissioners International, AFCI, which I mentioned a moment ago, uh, also has uh, a website uh, which lists um, all the various commissions and the various incentives. So um, you can get a big overview from either of those websites uh, and you can also get contact information so that if you think the things going on in Louisiana look like they might work for you, they'll give you the information on how to contact. Or if you think New York might work for you, it'll give you the information on how to contact the um, commission in New York. Sounds like a useful no film school post. Mm-hmm. And speaking of no film school, of course, since we are, you know, educational, um, I, I feel like you all must be learning from each other. Like there was a long period where Lisbeth was learning from both of you. And now... Lloyd's still making movies and probably learning from some of the stuff Lisbeth is doing. So I'm kind of curious about what comes to mind when I ask you what what you've learned from each other. I mean, I feel like everything, I've learned everything from my parents and I continue to learn from them. Well, I learned Uh, how to remove a crayon from a child's (laughs) nose, uh, thanks to Lisbeth Kaufman. Very exciting. And uh, we've probably, uh, you know, that's the kind of humor we have in trauma movies, as you know, so it's... Yeah, I think in the I'm Tempest, our next movie, yes. The Tempest, there will be a crayon in nose uh, scene. I'm Excellent. sure. No, I I've learned from Elizabeth um, watching her as the you know the CEO and co-founder of, of Kitsplit. Uh, of Kitsplit, yes, absolutely. We hadn't heard. So yeah, it's good <laughs> you, you mentioned. Yeah, that. you may you may want to K-I-T-S-P-L-I-T. I've learned so much from my parents. I mean, my dad, I think they've both taught me about hard work and dedication and being really passionate about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've taught me about, like, the importance of family. They always made time for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you say the importance of Stan Lee? Yes. <laughs> also, He's the importance of, of Stan Lee. He's been a friend of mine for 50 Lee, years. Excelsior. He's a great guy. Big, he uh, is a great guy. He's big amazing. Big inspiration for you and Pat and Trauma yeah. Commissioner and Trauma. He loves the commissioner. Stan and, Lee loves the commissioner. Oh, <laughs> And I love a cool guy. And the idea of like community and supporting other filmmakers and, you know, like their craft um, and being collaborative uh, and being very open minded. I think both of you are extremely open minded and curious, very curious about, you know, eager to learn, which I think is so important for film, but also for any any industry or profession. There's a movie, uh, the um, uh, and it's kind of yin and yang thing because it's about the guy who started McDonald's, which is a disgusting conglomerate, but and get bad food. We know all that, but the the message of the movie was persistence, and that's really the lesson. As Woody Allen says, uh, success is eighty eight percent just showing up. <laughs> what? You can leave out part two of that joke. All right. Well. Look in my book. All I need to know about filmmaking I learned from the Toxic Avenger. You can see the continuation of that joke. Oh, boy. Uh, written by James Gunn. Unless says, he can say it. Because you each have, you know, experience starting initiatives, starting companies and films and projects, doing a startup right now, what advice do you have, persistence being part of it, what advice do you have for anyone just trying to start from scratch? Because almost all of our listeners are starting something from scratch, whether it's a script or a production or whatever it is. 
Yeah, I'm totally, I, I feel like I'm in awe of filmmakers because every time you make a new film, it's like starting a new company and you, ha you have to figure so much out from insurance to hiring and all of that. And it happens every time. So yeah, it's, people have a lot of, a lot of work there. Um, I guess uh, advice, I think for me, um, staying very open-minded and collaborative, treating the process of starting something as a team process. I think to build on what Elizabeth just said, um, I, mean, I know that Lloyd's going to say, just do it, right? To thine own self be true, just do it. And he can speak very eloquently about that. And I would say that, um, that I, that if you, when you are just starting out, to find your community, to network as much as possible, go to every possible event and network, and find other people who have your, who are like you, delving into this industry, and and meet people at all different levels, right? Those who've already had a, have a project or two under their belt, to those. Those that are uh, just, you know, putting their toe in the water. Just meet people at every single level and connect, 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 network, 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 and build your, your, your community and build your entourage uh, because together you can all make your project happen. I have a few other things, too. Please. One thing I've learned from my dad is uh, kind of like guerrilla marketing and promotions. And, like, don't be humble or, I mean, it's good to be humble, but don't be self-deprecating. Be really proud of what you're working on and tell everyone about it as often as possible. Um, people are, if you're excited about something, other people will get excited. Um, and there are so many ways to get the word out, so don't be shy. I'm in about 400 movies, mainly underground movies, to help young people. If I'm in it, the trauma fans will support it. They'll buy the DVDs. At the, uh, and I'm in some big ones, like uh, Guardian of the Galaxy and Sharknado and uh, blah, blah, blah. I've written a book called Sell Your Own Damn Movie. And I think the lesson there and what I've observed about young people is many of them feel they're artists and they shouldn't dirty themselves up in, uh, you know, merchants selling the movie and pimping for their films and they should. Picasso did it. He, he was a rich man. Uh, he also beat up uh, women. Uh, uh, Van Gogh uh, uh, didn't do any of that. He cut his ear off and uh, didn't sell a picture except to his brother for 50 bucks. And meanwhile, today, Van Gogh is uh, equal to Picasso. Had Van Gogh gone out and uh, promoted, he might not have had to cut his ear off despite his nose. Uh, I've written a... Uh, I've, I'm, here's a chapter I'm going to present to Liz from my book, Sell Your Own Damn Movie. Ooh. It suggests that piracy is good and copyright is abused. Hmm. And um, you have to think along those lines. You have, to, you have to share art. Art should be shared. So file, file sharing and all this stuff that the, uh, the elites want you to uh, avoid, uh, no. You should share art and art should be shared. It shouldn't be locked up in copyright for 40 years. And uh, to be honest, I think one of the reasons Trump is so famous in uh, genocidal regimes like Russia and China is thanks to the, uh, to the good people who, uh, who pirate. Is that true? Do you know that to be true? I've been to Russia, yeah. And everybody sure. I've knows I've been to you? China. I've, been, I've majored in Chinese studies. Lizbeth is fluent in Chinese. And uh, we, we did it. We majored because we thought China might develop into a slightly democratic, uh, but they're going the other way. They're basically Nazi Germany or worse. And but it's true. When, when I was in China, I would see uh, pirated copies of various trauma films Everyone is being sold there. on the street. Yeah, they get them out before we even put them out on Blu-ray. But wow. the point is, it makes you famous. Right. And we actually started making some money from Russia thanks to the pirating. Mm. I don't like the fact that people, the generals and the elites of China who own the streaming services and who own the factories, 
pirate our movies and don't give us even one cent. I don't care for that. But if, if some college students want to share and put it on their... In fact, we have 400 movies for free on YouTube, uh, trauma movies on YouTube to thank our fans. That's why we're artists. We want people to see the movies. So I think it's very important for the fans and the uh, filmmakers to to not be afraid of uh, of promoting. You know, I'm a, I wear a bow tie and I go to the Cannes Film Festival and uh, we have clowns and Kabuki Man and we throw blood and we do street theater and, and nobody dares do that. And it doesn't cost anything. And meanwhile, we're more famous than uh, than the uh, those $500,000 parties that for one movie got forgotten. It gets forgotten in two weeks. Troma's uh, remembered... Uh, Right? And can. Dromas, mm-hmm. the, the, Pat just saw it. The citizens and the police all know us. Yeah. And it, love you. They, they, yeah, know, they, they love, get a kick they out of you. They, they, yeah, it's the I underdog. Like it's all daring. about the underdog. Huh? The, you know, the, the, the theme I pulled from that uh, rant? No, that. Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Lots of rants. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's upbeat because you can do it. You just have to stay with it. This, you, we don't have to worry about starving in this country. Right. And I, I, I'm certain that uh, we'll have a good ending to Obamacare. Something good's going to happen. They can't, they're not going to get rid of it. It's impossible. In fact, they ought to, they ought to do something about dental, uh, whatever. I don't know, Obama dental care, right? $12,000 to replace a tooth. Holy cow, what do people do? You can't do it. So, uh, Don't anyway, get me started. But, but, uh, but I, again, the, the thread that I pulled from that is to be, be be bold and be daring, and I, you know, I love that. I think that's important for everyone to. The commissioner take to said heart. it: "To thine own self be true." Shakespeare, the Bard. Uh, you know, that's it. Do what you believe in. It's art and filmmaking, as Lisbeth said, is the hardest. It's the hardest thing in the world, except for maybe opening a restaurant. You're running a restaurant that looks pretty hard. <laughs> but uh, you, you really have to believe in it, and it's. Uh, you know, it's just not worth uh, making uh, crap that you think the, the the public wants. Be ahead of the public, and eventually you'll be rewarded. The Museum of Modern Art uh, played uh, the volume one of Return to Return to No, sorry, Return to Newcomb High, and now the Museum of the Moving Image has realized that we've got uh, art in our souls. Right, so, highbrow uh, You have to wait. You yeah. got to wait. Yeah, it, it doesn't absolutely. happen overnight. You know, James Gunn is the number one director in Los Angeles. Everyone says, thinks it's overnight. He, he, right. he suffered three years with us and 12 years in Hollywood. So, uh, you know, he deserves it. And he's extremely talented and a great guy. Great guy. Seems like a good guy. Yeah, I mean, the mainstream yeah. has good people. Um, well, we're all melting in here. I do. This does bring up one more question, so I'm going to ask one more. <laughs> but it seems that all of you have anticipated trends in a certain way throughout your careers. I mean, Lisbeth, you certainly have with Kit Split. Like you saw this sharing economy happen. You know, as you mentioned, Lloyd, you you were sort of on YouTube early. You were doing. You've done VR now. You know, Pat, you your the type of initiatives you worked on in this state have been replicated so all over. Yes. What advice do you have about that? How do you how do you know what's coming? How do you anticipate what's coming? I think my dad and yeah, my, both my parents are really good at this, but I think it also it has to do with being open-minded and keeping your ear to the ground. Um, you know, it's like it's great to listen to people who have PhDs and are super you know established, but I think uh, listening to everyone um, is is a lot more, or you can learn a lot from that as well. Um, I also think just like perpetual research and read a lot. Which is obvious, but and and Lloyd uh, often goes against the the sort of the flow of the river and does something really alternative and different. Uh, like for when he invented the, when he came up with the concept of the Toxic Avenger, right? You you and your partner Michael had just read articles that said that 
you know, monsters were dead, and that's right. Horror Variety had a nice headline: the horror films back in the early no longer 70s. commercial. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and that you couldn't, and the belief, and the conventional wisdom was you couldn't mix comedy and horror. That's right. And yeah. and you can't, you can't mix sex and and comedy either. Yeah, you know, because the Renko crowd wants to take it very seriously because sex is so funny. Well, like, it's yeah, funny. Yeah. Of course, yeah. it's funny. Yeah. And Lloyd, so Lloyd and Michael were the first to do uh, film sexy comedies uh, like uh, Squeeze Play and Waitress, and then uh, right after they did a, a series of sexy comedies that did very well, then suddenly Hollywood did Porky's, right? And and suddenly Hollywood took. But they were first. Uh, the, the Lloyd and his partner were first, and then they decided to do to to go against yeah, conventional except the wisdom. The big companies were playing unfair. They were using good actors and good scripts. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to turn to the Toxic Avenger. We mixed in horror, comedy, uh, uh, sexy stuff, political, police, romance, songs. We were Cuisinart of genres, and and when there were fifteen hundred video stores with trauma sections, we weren't. Put in the horror department, we were trauma. So it's very interesting. We got about a thousand. But movies. I think part of the lesson there is they were completely willing, if not eager, to go against conventional wisdom. Um, and because they went against conventional wisdom and went down their own road, they gen- they were literally ahead of the curve on almost everything. And eventually, everybody else starts copying them, and then they move on and become ahead of the curve on something else. And it kind of reach. It goes back to what you were saying about like to thine own self be true like to in today's world like if you go with your gut thanks to the internet you will be able to con- get connected with all the other people who have similar ideas or mm-hmm. get excited about the same thing i mean we live in a, like comic-con is such a crazy example of this where i remember you've been going to comic-con for like decades back in the day it was sort of a niche thing and now everyone's excited about it um, and thanks to the power of the internet it's brought all these people together who are excited about it so if you have a vision and and you execute that vision you can find your audience um, and believe in yourself yeah how did you decide to do what how, how did you come up with a kid split idea we never talked about that yeah yeah so I um, I mean I through tr- I was I've been in, in heavily influenced through you two and trauma and your work in uh, in the the film commission. You know, growing up on set, um, I I've I've experienced firsthand the challenges that how come along with how expensive it was yeah, to rent a decent camera. Exactly from how expensive houses. and yeah. di- there's so many difficulties in getting a film together. Um, and meanwhile, you know, there are more content creators today than ever before. Um, and and the the. You know, there's amazing technology available. So we wanted to come up with a platform that made it easier for people to get access to the gear that surrounds them in every city. Um, And I I met my co-founders when we were all in grad school. And Christina Budelis um, was she was uh, a videographer at The New Yorker magazine. um, And she had experienced the same pain of finding gear and proposed this idea of like an Airbnb platform for cameras. so and with my right? can you get yeah lights, cameras lights, lights and, yeah. lenses support grip all of it um, and so yeah looking at the industry realizing that there's a huge opportunity here with more people than ever before making films um, and uh, the services still not quite up to date not quite online um, so 
you know, this idea of a platform to connect everyone and make it really easy to rent gear. Uh, that's and, what and, came about. and now you're all up and down the East Coast. What, what's your territory? Yeah, so you can sign up for KitSplit and list gear anywhere in the country. Um, we have uh, the biggest presence on the East Coast and now and uh, in L.A. and San Francisco. Um, and we're, we're spending a lot more time in L.A. now and focusing out there, um, which we're so excited about. That's great. Before we sign off, the, uh, the commissioner has something very important to uh, present you with. Oh the commissioner, could you please God. do the honor? This honors? being the uh, No Film School, I'm not sure if, if, you, if you award diplomas or not, but trauma does award diplomas. Wow. They're called the official oh. trauma diplomas for, oh and the recipients are chosen yeah. for all of their creativity oh. and, and for supporting truly independent art. Oh. And today we yes. have two trauma diplomas. Uh, the first will be presented to the No Film School podcast. Oh, wow. And yes, round of applause. And the second is presented specifically to Liz Ooh. Ooh. Congratulations. Oh, so beautiful. Wonderful. Oh, that's oh, great. Congratulations. Listeners, you wouldn't believe what I have in my hands. An official trauma diploma for me. I'll put a picture on the website. Yeah. I have a couple we have more to... copies. Uh, why Piracy is Good and Copyright Sucks, an excerpt from Sell Your Own Damn Movie. Excellent. <laughs> Well, again, thank you all so much for your work, your continued efforts, and uh, and for being here today. It's really been a joy. Thank may, you so much. As we are leaving, may I suggest to you that a great podcast, you've probably already touched on this topic many times, but the real future of podcasts, the real future of new enterprises like Kitsplit really is going to depend on maintaining an open and free Internet. Net neutrality is incredibly important to all of us. So I hope I hope in the near future you'll be discussing that. That's why you're a great commissioner. You speak your mind. That's you're... right. And a great uh, advocate. It's a, it's a good opportunity for me to uh, pitch our weekly news show, Indie Film Weekly, where we talk about everything you might have missed while you were busy making films. And uh, net neutrality has featured as a regular topic lately. So if Terrific. listeners out there are interested can get that one every Thursday. I think Elizabeth is a, is Public a fan. Service. I'm a big fan. Oh, actually, can That's I great. give out a discount to KidSplit to oh. your community? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This so, is a podcast that never ends. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but, so exclusive t- breaking news. <laughs> and on top of these exciting trauma diplomas that I have just been awarded, apparently we have another announcement from Miss Elizabeth Kaufman. That's right. Big announcement for the No Film School community and the podcast listeners. KitSplit is offering a 10% discount for camera rentals and oh. gear rentals. Ooh. So just use uh, the Ooh. discount code NFS10, as in No Film School 10, and on kitsplit.com. And Did you you'll say get NFS10? A, yep, like No Film School, NFS10. Ten wow, at kitsplit.com. So sweet. Yeah, Thank you we so want to help you. Thanks. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. To get a 10% discount on gear and camera rentals at kitsplit.com, enter the code NFS10 at checkout. Thank you, Lisbeth. 
Meanwhile, you can see more about Lloyd's incredible body of work and order his movies and books like Make Your Own Damn Movie, Direct Your Own Damn Movie, and Produce Your Own Damn Movie at Troma.com, T-R-O-M-A.com. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode as much as I did, make sure you subscribe to the No Film School podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast app so you can hear more interviews like these every Monday or catch our Indie Film Weekly News Show, which comes out every Thursday morning and fills you in on everything you might have missed when you were busy making films. Of course, you can read lots more about the craft of filmmaking at nofilmschool.com and reach me on Twitter at LizFilm. See you on Thursday.